Welcome back, everybody, to Film Music Focus. Today's episode, we're going to discuss all kinds of really cool, fun things with trumpet extraordinaire Robert Scher. Rob's a friend, and i um, super happy to have him on. He's an incredible player. He's a great musician overall, and he's just a, he's a dude. He's a guy you can hang with. It's super cool. So, <laughs> Rob, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Justin. I'm happy to be here, man. It'll be fun. So, we met at the Henry Mancini Institute back in... Mm. Uh, 2000 what three or four something four, like that 2004? yeah maybe 2004 yeah um something like that which no longer exists well not in the form that it used to exist out here at, at right. ucla oh i guess we we better get that out of the way um you know just full disclosure everybody uh mr mm. share is a trojan and uh you know yeah Fine yeah, yeah not a bruin but we, we still love him <laughs> um yeah man so i can't believe it's been that long like 16 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. Does everybody know what the Mancini Institute is or was? So it was like the summer program, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, and uh, and you were there as a composer in residence, I think. Yeah. You know, and I was there as a trumpet player. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was, a, I think, four-week program. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I think originally started with Jeannie Mancini and uh, Jack Elliott. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was there and you were there, I think, you know, Pat Williams was yeah, kind of man. running the show along with a few other people. Yeah. Uh, forgive anybody I left out, but uh, it was an amazing program and certainly was a stepping stone for so many musicians in Los Angeles um, that congregated there in the summer and then went on to become, you know, players, composers, orchestrators, arrangers yeah. uh, in town. It was uh, it was an amazing program and I'm, I'm sorry that it's not around anymore, but it does exist right. uh, as a full year program at, I think, the University of Miami. It was Shelley, Berg, Shelley yeah. Uh, who I'm a big fan of, Shelley Berg. Um, he took the program uh, down there, and I think it's a one year in residency uh, through the University yeah. of Miami. So, yeah, for last the, I heard. The, some of the listeners might not know um, uh, the name Shelley Berg. Probably many of them do, but Shelley, um, for any of you that don't know who he is, uh, I think a, a great way of summing up Shelley's musicianship is that he's one of those few guys that's just like making love to the piano anytime he plays. I mean, like yeah. just the way that he he embodies the spirit of musicianship anytime he's on the keys is just it's it's incredible. My um, um, so he was my um, you know jazz my big band professor at uh, he ran the jazz department at USC when I was there and I played in the big band yeah. even though I was a classical major he luckily allowed a few of us to play and. Um, I, my big quote about Shelly all the time is that I would learn more from him in 10 minutes than I would learn from, you know, another class the entire year. You know, he just, every yeah. single day, he just yeah. spouted beautiful knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just amazing, uh, really amazing stuff. And, and I felt honored to uh, just be one of his pupils for even just a small period of time. So, yeah, yeah he was a big influence on me. So um, for all of you out there listening, uh, Rob is one of, uh, in, in my view, and certainly not just mine, a, a lot of people in town is one of the great crossover players. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that later, you know, kind of how you got into that, which you don't just get into it, right? I mean, that's not a fair way of saying it. I mean, you have to work your ass off and you have to really keep it to the floor and over and over and over and over every day. So let's back up. Let's back up all the way to kind of some of your earliest memories in music. Um, you know, we all kind of have one or two of those. Like, 
how we fell in love with the art form. And what was it for you? I mean, can you remember? Oh, man, as cheesy as it sounds. So my father was my high school band director, which is not the cheesy part. Um, <laughs> he was obviously a big influence on me. And um, But I remember going to see drum corps shows in yeah, Florida. Man. And I just thought it was – it exposed me to so much different music, classical music, um, um, you know, and uh, jazz music, you know. Blue Devils are playing jazz, you know, then, you know. Garfield cadets were playing at that point. Well, now they, they were the cadets of Bergen County, I think, yeah. by that point. Anyways, every corps had their kind of their own thing. Phantom Regiment was very big in like Shostakovich and all kinds of stuff. And and so it influenced me and it, and it brought my ears actually to orchestral music, funny enough. Um, so that was sort of the first thing that I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then, you know, you start diving into a record collection that your father may have. And yeah. that leads you to the next thing and the next thing. And then... Um, what I like to tell people, you know, they ask me, well, why did you choose trumpet? Because my father is a percussionist. And, and my big joke is that, you know, when I would look at his marching band, I would see the trumpet players standing in the front and the percussion standing in the back. And I was like, I want to stand in the front. So <laughs> I chose trumpet. Um, you know, and that was kind of the rest is history. But, uh, yeah, so that was a big influence for me. Um, and then, um, yeah, luckily, you know, having my father as a music, music educator, uh he just exposed me to so much, so many different things. We would listen to jazz. We would listen to, you know, classical music. We would listen to commercial music. You know, um, at that time we were still seeing at least, I think reruns of the, the Carson, the tonight show, you know, Johnny Carson, we, you know, he'd let me stay up a little later to get to see Doc Severinsen play, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. But I mean, there's, there's so many, I guess now at this point. Yeah, I mean, your trumpet story is, is funny. It brought back uh, a visceral memory of uh, a similar question. You know, why did you choose trumpet? And my my answer, um, although I've given it up many years ago, um, my answer to this day still is and was at the time because it only had three buttons, not valves, yeah, not right, e- not even yeah. valves. I didn't even know they were valves at the time. I just they looked like buttons. Yeah, and I yeah, saw it was only exactly. three buttons. It can't be that difficult, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, the jokes, yeah. on, the jokes on us. Yeah. Um, well, that's, yeah, that's a lot of people, you know, it's funny, you go to see a dentist or something, be like, oh, I used to play trumpet, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, everybody used to kind of play, you know, trumpet or yeah. whatever, but uh, yeah, the trumpet can win, that's for sure. Yeah, well, for a lot of the folks out there listening that, that might not have a music background or aren't too familiar with just kind of the, the likes of kind of the makeup of the brass section, um, you know, you hear that player XYZ plays trumpet. Well, that, that can mean a whole lot of things. I mean, even just looking over there, you got your flugel, you got your C trumpet, it looks like. Um, yep. Flugel yeah. C, piccolo, E flat D. Yeah. Just kind of hanging. Well, there it is right there. That's kind of where I'm going with this. You know, playing trumpet, if you're a professional, um, certainly a professional in Hollywood, um, knowing not just in Hollywood, you know, you got to know how to play all the horns in a major orchestra. But out here, it's a little bit more of you need um, super at the ready knowledge of transposition, literally playing in one key in an instrument and transposing it into a different uh, key because of the way that the arranger, the orchestra, the composer uh, may have written it in. in. In short, playing trumpet when you're a pro means you're playing a whole heck of a lot of trumpets. And, uh, you know, yeah. I've always been a, a fan, as you know, <laughs> of the B flat, the big dog. Um, yeah. Though, why don't you talk a little bit about kind of some of your earlier memories on when you realized that if you really wanted to, you know, to dig it and really do it, you had to be, know how to play, be able to play on on multiple horns. Oh yeah. Let's see. That's a good question. Um, you know, it probably wasn't until I got to college, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, 
when I was in high school, um, I, I, I don't know why, but I went on this audition at Disney World in Orlando, Florida, which was about a two-hour drive from my hometown. Uh, they have auditions every year to fill toy soldiers uh, in the Christmas parade. So they have the long fanfare trumpets. And, and my father had a few students uh, who were doing it, Kenny Boyd. And uh, I ended up meeting a lot of other people there. But um, And those people were big influences for me in my small town. And then... I find out they're doing this really cool gig at Disney. Well, I'm in high school. I'm going to go take the audition. And um, so anyway, so I get there and I end up getting the job. And then I get immersed in like the Disney musician culture in Orlando, Florida, which if you don't know is ridiculous. The musicians there are incredible. Future Core. Um, future Core, man. Yeah. Future Core was still around <laughs> when I was there. Yeah. Right. Um, now, let's see. There's the uh, the World Band or the Magic or the King Kids. No, let's see. The Kids of the Kingdom was an MGM, I think, when I was there. Yeah. And there was the world band and magic. Anyways, ton of music, ton of different players. And we'd be backstage and you just, not just hearing Toy Soldier Trumpet Blues warm up, but hearing the real pros, you know, who had been doing this for a long time, playing and warming up was unbelievable. So anyway, so I did that. And then that led me to go to college in Orlando because I thought, well, if I can get this job and I can have this seasonally, you know, for Christmas and maybe, you know, do the Easter parade and stuff like that. Well, I'm going to go to college at University of Central Florida so I went there, and that's where I met John Almeida, who was mm-hmm. my trumpet teacher there. Yeah. Um, big influence on me, and he's the one who first started going, okay. Because at that point, I only had a B-flat trumpet. That's it. I didn't own any of the trumpets. And he said, uh, I, I might have had a piccolo, I think, because one of my father's buddies was unloading one at some point. Anyways, um, that's all I really had. I didn't know orchestral literature. I didn't know anything. I just I kind of knew music, and I knew the B-flat trumpet. And he said, look... Um, you at at some point in your life, you're going to start getting phone calls for work and you want to be able to say yes. And when that happens, you have to have all the tools to do it. Yeah. And so that's when, uh, and he, that meant a lot of things that not only meant the trumpets, the B flat, the C, the flugelhorn, the piccolo, but it also meant, you know, musically I had to be prepared to play anything. Yeah. Um, and so it was such great advice and I continue to pass that on to my students today. Um, so, but that's really the first time I really moved from, I've realized Okay, I need more than a B flat trumpet here if I want to do this for a living. Yeah, it's um, you know, now seeing how you've evolved in your career, uh, not only as um, a musician who I work with professionally, but but as a friend, it's it's really cool to see from afar, you know, observing some of the in and out evolution that uh, you've gone through over the last, you know, I mean, geez, we we graduated what around two thousand three, two thousand four from university. Mm-hmm. And um, what what might seem like a very very quick sixteen years in in Los Angeles, um, you know, each of those twenty four hour days come with a lot of hard work, and oftentimes, as you know, you know, you might you might be on a session for Family Guy, or you may have come out with a recording date with John Williams, and you you may be practicing later that night for something that you've got with the Los Angeles Philharmonic the next day, um, mm-hmm. and and I you know just to kind of back up, it's one of the things that. Um, I didn't eloquently do at the beginning of the program. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Rob is the principal trumpet of the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra. He plays on a huge amount of record dates, um, TV shows, movies. And, I mean, you can just kind of, maybe we can, in a moment, um, what are some of your favorite memories even in the last uh, few mm. years that might just kind of stick out? But I, I, sure. I, I bring all this up because um, you don't know where your career is going to go, right? You might have a goal in mind or a set of goals. And there might be a million ways to get to that end of the yellow brick road, so to speak. 
and you just never know what's going to be thrown at you. And to your point, you know, being prepared for whatever does come at you is a is a huge element that young musicians, um, as well as seasoned veterans, constantly have to remind themselves of. Because if um, you know you get that call, and you might not be ready. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, that's that kind of you know that, that I think of two things. So first of all, I think about my John Almeida, my trumpet teacher again, who said, you know, yes, you got to be able to say yes to everything. But then there's kind of a um, a quote in Los Angeles, which is, uh, you want to be discovered but not found out, <laughs> right? So, so that's kind of a big, uh, you know, in the recording world is is like, you know, we look, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Um, even the best of the best have things they're constantly working on and. And, um, you know, every once in a while it gets put in front of you on the music stand and you just do the best you can. That's all you can do at that point. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, but that's what I think about when I hear you say, you know, <laughs> favorite memories last 10 years, what kind of sticks out? Okay. Um, well, I mean, uh, so I've been lucky enough to start working with John Williams the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm basically just a sub in his orchestra. I fill in for when the main four trumpet players can't be there. Um, uh, so John Lewis is the principal, yep. uh, unbelievable LA trumpet player, and uh, Barry Perkins is their second trumpet, mm-hmm. and Dan Rosenboom and Dave Washburn, um, all incredible players, all principal players of orchestras and uh, around uh, Southern California, and um, and you know Dan Rosenboom has his own band. He's putting out a record every other month. It seems like he's yeah. an incredible and a former jazz musician. former Bruin as well, huh? Unfortunately, he's a Bruin, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway, so I've been lucky enough to, to get in there. Um, you know, if Dave Washburn's away, um, he's he's sought after around the world to play the Brandenburg Concerto. It's a very difficult thing for trumpet players to play. It's very specialized. And um, to really do it right, there's only a handful of players in the world who can do it. And Dave's one of them. So every once in a while, he'd get a conflict and I'd get to come in there and play some fourth trumpet. So... Uh, so yeah, getting to play with John Williams uh, at the Hollywood Bowl live, you know, for eighteen thousand people is unlike you know anything. You can't describe it to hear that many people scream when you start playing the theme to Indiana Jones or yeah. ET or Superman, and um, it's pretty incredible stuff. So um, so yeah, so working for John uh, doing um, Mandalorian with the Ludwig has been really cool. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing at the time. We just knew it was a super secret project, and the music was really cool because Ludwig's a, a great. Uh, composer and um, so that was cool Um, other than that I think it's just the variety for me has been I've been really lucky um, to do kind of a variety of things and um, you know sometimes a live performance has been the you know my favorite thing that happened this month and then sometimes it's a you know a small recording session one-on-one with a composer at their studio was my favorite thing to do yeah um so it's just the variety that you get in los angeles is is uh it's unlike any other place probably in the world so it's incredible to see what the and as a result of as many opportunities as there are here in town as a musician recording what whatever you know, musicians are tasked with recording, whether it's film or television or records or, you know, they're doing, um, you know, just in the as a voice artist, um, you know, singing or just regular talking via whatever it is. These the 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 idea of sound um, being recorded for projects X Y Z because there's yeah. so much opportunity here. Just to kind of go back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier, that's one of the drivers in why you really have to have, um, you know, your suitcase squared away. Uh, because if you don't, you know, you're, you're obviously limiting the amount of opportunities that you can touch as a musician. Um, right. now, now you've been on 
the Hollywood Bowl stage as a performer far longer than you've been uh, the principal trumpet of the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra. However, um, there is a difference there, I imagine, like the mindset of all of a sudden being that principal player in an orchestra that plays in one of the most famous venues on the planet. Um, So what's that evolution been like for you? You know, you've, you've had an amazing opportunity to perform at the Bowl given your young age pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, getting to start and and sub there early on was incredible. And, you know, sitting next to great Los Angeles players, you know, John is in in the orchestra, John Lewis and Rob Freer is uh, also in the orchestra and both are currently. Um, and then, um, the position I took over, uh, was Warren Looning. Uh, he was the kind of co-principal trumpet there. And, um, unfortunately he passed away from cancer, um, and, uh, but I got to work with them, all of them as a sub and, and I mean, all the great LA players would be there, you know, Rick Baptist and, uh, and, uh, let's see, Wayne Bergeron was there. I mean, he was yeah. like kind of their first call sub and still is, yeah. uh, has been for probably 20 years. Um, great Los Angeles trumpet player. And, uh, let's see. So Rick and Wayne and Dan Fernero and, um, gosh, who else? There's been so many people, John Fumo, Kai Palmer, so many great trumpet players who've been through there um, that continue to play there. Um, but yeah, I guess it is a little bit different when you kind of become the guy, uh, you know, and the or the person, the lead um, player. And, um, you know, you get to work with management a little bit more behind the scenes. You have a little bit more of a relationship with the conductor, yeah. um, um, whomever it is. We have a lot of guest conductors depending on uh, which act is coming in for, you know, that week. Um, but our main uh, maestro is Thomas Wilkins. Um, and so we get to work with him. And um, yeah, so the, the pressure is, I don't know about performing pressure being any different. It's kind of the same. I, I think I was probably more nervous when I was subbing, just being <laughs> around these iconic players yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, oh, I was super nervous. And then, uh, you know, I guess still, it, it's still the case. I mean, I just, we all just really respect each other so much. Um but, uh, you know, that, that gig is so much fun because we'll play, you know, sometimes we'll play some pretty standard orchestral literature. And then the second half of the concert, you know, we're backing some big artist. We've played with, you know, Earth, Wind & Fire, Chicago, Cindy Lop or whatever. Or we're doing a movie concert with cine concerts, you know. We're um, doing Harry Potter or, you know, what you guys do so many, I don't even know what you do anymore. But, uh, I, can't, I can't keep but, track. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but it's awesome. I mean, we get to do all these cool things there and play, uh, meet and play with all of these great artists. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a blast. You mentioned Warren Looning, so let's kind of pivot a little bit. Um, for those that don't know Warren Looning by name, uh, if, if any of you have heard any film music over the last 20 to 30 years, well, 40 years even with Warren. 40, yeah. Um, he was one of the the most respected players uh, in all of town in Los Angeles, and for a lot of reasons. Not only because he was a great player, he was a great guy, but he he was a very very practical musician, and he also had the ability to cross over into a wide range of styles and be able to do them well. I mean, you know, he wasn't playing to your point the Brandenburg Concerto in the same way that he might play a jazz tune. But there aren't really any players, I mean, let's be honest, there aren't really any players in the world that can be perfect at one end of the extreme and perfect on the other end of the extreme. Um, I think it's probably a, a tall tale, but there, there's a huge middle ground where you can become an expert at. And, and I always felt growing up listening to Warren and finally having a chance to meet him 
when I was, I think, 15 on one of Silvestri's scoring dates, uh, and then again on a Goldsmith scoring date, um, was me an eye-opening experience in person because of how kind he was. But all those years prior, knowing who he was, listening to his records, was it was an ear-opening experience because of how he approached musicianship. Now, whether or not it was his tone, which was like velvet, as you know, yeah. um, or his ability to um, turn around, play jazz and classical very well, back-to-back in a session. Um, so, and I, and I say this with, with the utmost respect to Warren, and, and I say this beyond our friendship. I mean this as a professional and as a friend. Um, I, I see and hear a lot of Warren's musicianship and his sound um, in your playing. And not to say uh, you sound like Warren. Nobody sounds like Warren, but that, yeah, yeah. but that, but that ability to cross over well. You have a, a really gorgeous velvet tone, and those are the kinds of things that um, you know for composers who who uh, are arrangers or orchestrators, conductors that that appreciate the ability to kind of go back and forth, which you need to in L.A. Um, it's it's uh, such a pleasure to be able to see you do it. Um, you know, it, and and uh, you know. We haven't worked as much as perhaps we'd like to in the last few years. Hopefully, it'll change in the next few years. But yeah. uh, it's cool seeing what you're doing, man. And so I, I, ma- I make that comparison um, in the highest complimentary way. And it's it's cool to see what you're doing, man. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it's it's hard for me to accept. There is there is no there never will be another Warren Looning. He is right. uh, um, he's just un- he was such a natural musician, yeah. natural born. Came out of New Orleans was just he um you know there was a big joke about him is that his neighbors you know they always saw him leaving and coming back with a briefcase but they never knew he played trumpet because they never heard it he never practiced <laughs> you know he was such a natural musician yeah, yeah. um you know and um yeah i mean he's that's a very high compliment thanks you're my buddy i guess maybe you're supposed to say that but <laughs> you know it's uh uh, I mean, he just is, I, I heard him do so many amazing things, you know, with Patrick Williams, big band or with the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra. And, um, you know, the, one of his most famous trumpet solos was the river with John Williams. I mean, just an incredible solo. Yeah. He nailed take after take after take after take, you know, and they had so many great takes to pick from, um, for the final version, uh, for that movie. Um, but yeah, but then you then we'd sit down. You know, I'd hear him with Patrick Williams' big band. And he would sit down and he would just kill it. Yeah, you know, improvising and changes and just the most beautiful melodic. Just everybody in the room smiled after he played every yeah. single time. And he just was a he was he was a musician's musician, yeah. uh, if that makes sense. You know, he really was uh, the tippity top. Um, I learned a lot from him. Uh, he really was helpful to me early on. Um, Believe it or not, I'll, I'll never forget this moment. One of the first, like, kind of, uh, you know, under the wing moment uh, I had with him is uh, we were doing a party at Seth MacFarlane's house, um, who is the creator of Family Guy, American Dad, and the Orville that we do now, and so many amazing things. But he was having these Christmas parties, and he would hire the Family Guy Orchestra to be there. And uh, anyways, he pulls me aside, you know, we're just kind of, you know, having a drink and waiting to do our next uh, set of epic orchestral music for Seth MacFarlane and his <laughs> friends. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, and he said, well, my boy, which was kind of one of his famous uh, sayings, he said, well, my boy, what are you doing in February? And I was, you know, at that point, I wasn't really working all that much, you know, mm-hmm. and and he said, well, I think you should join us in the Academy Awards. And, you know, him and, and Rick Baptist and Warren had... Uh, both vouched for me and they needed another trumpet player for the Academy Awards. That's the first time I did it. 
Um, and, uh, he just gave me a big hug and I came, I don't, I don't think I ever wanted to let go. I was like, so thankful, you yeah. know, but, uh, yeah. Um, so many players in town, they have, they have great stories about Warren. Uh, yeah. He just was, uh, he was an incredible musician. Like I said, incredible trumpet player. And we all continue to look up to him. Yeah. Uh, amazing guy. Brought to you by Santa Concerts.